friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network. My name is Randy Smith. I'm one of the co-founders of CUInsight.com. I'm also the host of the CU Insight Experience podcast. But on this show, I get to have conversations with the thought leaders who support the credit union community. Hopefully, we can identify a few issues that are affecting all credit unions and have a discussion on best practices so that we can gain a few nuggets uh, that we can learn from and, and improve all of our credit unions. My guest on today's show is Matt Good. Matt is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Elan Advisory Services. And let's just jump right into the conversation. I, I got to know Matt some when we were doing one of the last mini cons. So Matt, welcome to the show. Good to see you again, my friend. Thank you, Andy. Great to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity to join you today. Thank you. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. I, I will tell you, you know, most of us, right? We didn't grow up thinking someday I want to work in credit unions. You and I, we, we, when we were talking yesterday, we found out we're both from Michigan originally. My guess mm -hmm. is we were like the Tigers or the Red Wings, not so. <laughs> what did you want to be when you were growing up? And what was the inspiration to, to take your current, you know, role at, at Elan Advisory Services? Well, thank you. And again, thanks for having me on today, Randy. I, I do. I told you this yesterday as well. I really enjoy this podcast. It helps me keep in touch with what's going on in the credit union community. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate um, that. And to answer your question, I would love to say that when I was a little boy, I was dreaming of working for and with credit unions, but you kind of hit it on the head. Like yourself, I grew up in the Detroit area. And of course, my dream, as, as it was for every kid about my age growing up in that area, was to be the next great second baseman or shortstop for the Detroit Tigers. And, and then, the next sweet Lou Whitaker. We've got to be about the same age. Right? Whitaker, <laughs> Alan Trammell, right. And then I saw my first curveball when I was about 13 and said, that's not going to work. Not happening, right? <laughs> but what's, what, you know, what's kind of interesting is that actually Major League Baseball has played a big part of me getting to where I am today. Because I actually had the, the thrill of, of being hired by the Detroit Tigers when I was in high school to be a bat boy slash clubhouse attendant. And did that for last two years of high school, first two years of college, you name it. I picked up the equipment off the field. I did their, cleaned their jerseys. I shined their shoes. You name it. I'm honestly not sure, and people watching this on YouTube will see it on my face, if I've ever been more jealous of a guest on the show. That sounds like an amazing high school experience. So, incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it was a real honor to do it. It was a lot of fun. And it actually, to be very honest with you, the players are very generous, and the team was as well, and it helped pay my way through the University of Michigan. So, you know, it was a great opportunity. Before my senior year at Michigan, I actually had an internship with a community bank in Cincinnati where they asked me one day to get on the phone and start calling some customers to convince them to switch over to a new checking account product they offered. And Randy, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. I, I, I love talking with the customers. I love the financial services business. And at the end of the summer, they offered me the opportunity to come back and join their management training program once I graduate from college. So I did that, was in branch management for a few years, then really wanted to move into the payments business. I saw that that is, is something exciting, wanted to get more into outside sales. And in 1998, I, did, I was a merchant sales rep for a few years. And then in 1998, I, I went to work for Elan and started calling on credit unions and, and, and talking to them about our payment programs and have been with them ever since in sales, account executive, and, and leadership roles. So it's been a great journey for sure. We've had a chance over the past month or so to, to get to know each other a little bit, but let's pretend it was a year ago, or maybe it's a few months down the road, and we're meeting yeah. for the first time. Give me that 
you know, the, the, the elevator pitch. What is Elan Advisory Services, and and where do you in, in your organization add value to credit union? Yeah, so so Elan has actually been in business since 1968. Started off 53 years ago with our cornerstone program, which is the Elan Credit Card Program. And basically, what it is is if as a credit union, if you're looking to offer a competitive credit card solution, you know you have different options to be able to do it. One is you could stay out of the business altogether. Second, you could do it all in-house. Or third, you can partner with a company like Elan. And what we do is come in and build the industry-leading solutions that you need to offer to your members. We provide turnkey marketing programs. We have a, the underwriting infrastructure, the card member service structure as well. to be able to, So you can offer a great competitive credit card program to your members with absolutely no expense, no liability, uh, basically without the headaches and hassles of trying to keep up with the credit card industry. And, and that's what we do. And you know, for those credit unions who work with businesses, we also have commercial card services and through our partner, Elevon Merchant Services. And the team I lead, we have a team of payment advisors throughout the country who go out and meet with credit unions on a daily basis and just sit down with the leaders and talk about what is it, what are your goals for payments? What can we do to help? And then we try to bring back the solutions to help them meet those needs. I was interested to ask you this. That like, obviously, payments, like you said, the, the pace of change in payments, it, it seems faster than you know, many other places. So you know, a couple of things that were you know, kind of top of mind for me is like, what does that transformation of the credit union business model look like through digital acceleration? But also, I mean... I know the rest of the world's had contactless payments for quite some time. We've been a little slower to adapt here, right? Like, but what does that look like? And what do you see happening, I guess, overall in that space that credit unions may not only consider, but need to be thinking about, you know, now? Yeah, it, it's interesting. You made an interesting point a second ago, Randy. This, we've been talking about contactless touchless <laughs> years. Yeah. You know, and in fact, speaking of baseball, I did uh, about a, it was back in Memorial Day weekend 2010. We did a pilot at Target Field in Minneapolis where the Twins play. Yeah. And we went out in the left field bleachers and we handed out, I think it was like $15, $20 gift cards to fans and said, look, we're going to give this to you. We just asked for two things. One, please use it somewhere tonight in the left field concession stands and then take 30 seconds and tell us what you think. And of course, people were knocking each other over to get these cards, <laughs> handed them out. They, they'd use them and then we'd stop them and say, so what do you think? And they said, well, thank you for the hot dog and beer. It was great. And they said, well, that's nice. But what about the payment experience? And they're like, eh, I don't see the big deal. I can just take it out of my wallet and hand it to somebody like always. So th- there just hasn't been the need. There's, and there's been a debate in the industry ever since what's going to force this to happen where consumers are demanding it and merchants are set up to be able to accept it. Well, what it took, unfortunately, was a pandemic. And I should say, you know, there's, I've had credit unions ask me over time, you know, when you talk about contactless, touchless, what, what exactly, how are you defining that? And, you know, touchless is any kind of a payment where you're not handing actually a credit card over. So it could be through a website, using your mobile app, a digital wallet. Contactless is like the experience I had last night when I went to Walgreens. When I went to pay, I just basically ran the card by the machine and approved that I was out the door in seconds. Right. Um, so the pandemic has really forced us to, to take that on. So we did a study with payments.com a few months ago and found that since the onset of the pandemic, 45% of Americans have transitioned their retail shopping to digital contactless forms of payment. 
But mm-hmm. even more significant for credit unions is 82% of them said, we're not going back. Absolutely. So once we're really back out there, we're going to continue to pay. So what this means for credit unions is you've got to be prepared for that. If, if you're offering a credit card product today, you want to make sure you have the technology embedded in it to be able to meet this need. You want to be able to make sure your members can provision their credit card credentials into their apps, into your mobile wallet, so that they, they're able to use this. Otherwise, your card won't continue to be top of wallet for your members. When I was preparing for our conversation, the next part that we're coming into, I had to make sure I just didn't go down my own rabbit holes and scratch my own itch questions because it's something that I almost consider a hobby, quite honestly. But rewards program. Yes. <laughs> As somebody who loves to travel, there's hardly anything I do that doesn't earn me some sort of a point. So for credit unions to remain you know, competitive in this payment, the credit card rewards program space, I mean, can you talk about, I guess, what those first important steps are with the rewards programs today? And then second, how are you coming along credit unions, you know, as a, as a partner in this endeavor to kind of, I guess I would almost say, keep pushing it forward, right? Being able to remain competitive with what I assume are the big, you know, the, the, the big kids out there like Chase and American Express. Yeah. You know what I mean? so. Exactly. And, and uh, I've been in this business for so long that I can remember, believe it or not, a time when it was enough for a credit union to say, we've got a low interest rate card with no annual fee. And members would, would happily accept that because they said, we don't want to have to pay to use your card. Well, now to your point, it's past that to the point where not only do they not want to have to pay for it, they want you to pay them for using your card. So that's not a new phenomenon that's been growing for many years. But what we've seen in the last four or five years, it's become so much more competitive. Uh, we've seen across the industry, the, the cost of running a competitive rewards program has gone up by about 40%. And what's wow. even complicated it more, Randy, is since the onset of the pandemic, there's been a couple of phenomenon that's happened that are making it even more so. I think one is, you know, travel did stop sadly a year ago, so we're not able to get out there like we could. Well, what members have discovered is that, wow, there are other ways I can use my card to earn rewards. And they're starting to demand it now. Like we've seen a big uptick in, in members wanting to get more rewards for paying for uh, their internet and streaming services, for grocery shopping, for yeah. curbside dining, things like that. So in the industry, the major issuers, including Elan, we updated our products like on the fly last year to say, we need to, we need to, we need to match this and what, what members need. And, and so it's really challenging for credit unions to stay up with that. The other thing that we're seeing, nobody predicted this a year ago, but what's happened is people, of course, travel stopped, spending stopped for a while. Right, so people yeah. stopped using their cards. But even as we're getting back out there, until just recently, balances have not started going up on credit cards again. And so, you know, uh, so what's because of government assistance programs, because people have just been a little hesitant to start spending or at this point. But what's happened is the major issuers like the chases, the cities, they need to make money. So they're doing things to try to get cards used more. So guess what? Good news for you is that they're adding more rewards and are making it even richer. And, and we're doing the same thing. So what that does is it puts more pressure on the credit unions to keep up with that if they want their card to be top of wallet. So, you know, the options you have is is you, you better invest in the expertise and, and the scale to be able to keep up or you partner with someone like Alan who says, look, you know, you've got the wonderful relationship with your members that cannot be replaced. You know, let us focus on, on bringing you the products that you need to keep up with that so you can put your resources elsewhere in the credit union. 
again, this is just one of these things that pops into my head here. But to me, the at the end of what you were just saying, the communication side seems like it would have to be a big deal. Because if my credit union card suddenly gives me a couple extra points for using it at the grocery store, um, yep. I've been using something else that used to give me that. But I'm like, this is my favorite institution. Like, I, I need to know that if I'm just like, oh, no, I use that for gas or whatever. You know, I mean, so I, I know I might be the weird one on this, right? know exactly what to use for everything but is your communication side i guess in partnering with alon is that something that it's like not only letting the credit union know here's this but do you almost have to give best practices on how to let the members know this is happening too or and that's a big part of our program is part of our you know we provide full support to the credit union in terms of marketing you know communication messages because members want to use their credit union's credit card right they they're loyal to their credit unions unlike you know, anyone else in the industry, Absolutely. but they're, they're going to go where they get paid the most. So you need, as a credit, you need to make sure they know that. So we team up with them to help provide messaging and get that out to their mess to their members. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Communication yeah. is everything. It feels like so um, <laughs> yeah, to wrap up this first part of the show, I, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about the future. And I feel like we're kind of been going down that path anyways, but I, you know, this is a place that I was after having the chance to talk to you at Minicon. I was excited to ask you to break out your uh, crystal ball for me, even if it might be a little bit foggy here in the past year, right? Like we've seen a ton of disruption, not only in payments, but just in financial services overall. And I don't think you, I, anybody else out there is like, we're, we're, we're done with disruption. We know there's going to be more to come. So I would ask what trends are you seeing and where has Alon's focus been when you guys look forward, when maybe when you're doing your planning, when it comes to innovation to, to meet the challenges that we see out there? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you two or three, Randy, that I see coming. One, certainly we just talked about it, rewards. I mean, that continues to just change every day. And, and, and so that's a big one. I think a second one, actually, we've talked so far just about the issuing side of it and the members. But what about those credit unions that work with small businesses who are accepting credit cards? One big trend that's happening, I can remember when I was a merchant rep many, many years ago, it was enough to just, the most complicated thing I would do is give them a little machine and do you want a printer or not? That was about as sophisticated as we got. Well, today, even the smallest of businesses are expecting merchant providers to be able to integrate their payments into all their processes. So for example, we have a program called Talic, where it actually can connect the payments capabilities with Things like your payroll processing, ordering, your marketing. If you, you can even offer little rewards programs to, to people that come in and, and shop at your business. And, and it's very affordable to be, be able to do that. That's an expectation now out in the merchant space. And that's only going to continue to grow. Um, and that's something we can help right now. Now, looking really into the future, um, and this is, you know, to your point, a little foggier, but there's no doubt that a big trend that's coming and we're asked about on a regular basis from credit unions has to do with the whole buy now, pay later uh, trend that's happening in, in the business. So if you go into Target and you buy that big screen TV and maybe you don't want, you're not going to pay cash, you don't necessarily want to put it on your credit card, they could right at the spot offer you an installment, get you approved on the set as you're standing there for an installment plan where say between three to three, three months to three years, you pay a payment every month and you just have a monthly fee. Uh, companies like technology companies like Affirm, Afterpay, Karma, Uplift are really becoming more and more common out there 
And that's causing credit card issuers like ourselves to really look at that and say, how are we going to adjust? It's even the major airlines. So if you go purchase that dream vacation to Hawaii, they you go out to the website, they may offer you the opportunity to use a service like that instead of putting it on your credit card. Yeah. So yeah. What, what's happening is the major issuers, you know, like American Express, like City and Chase, are starting to offer these services. So even using your credit card, they may say, hey, would you rather use an installment plan that separates that purchase from the rest of your balances? And Alon is certainly, we're looking at this. It's on our roadmap. We're looking to develop it. But again, if you're a credit union at this point, it's like, what do we do? I mean, the, right. the key, yeah. and that's where part, we partner with the credit union and say, let's work on this together over the years to come and get this in the roadmap. But that's something long-term that's definitely coming. That's good. It's going to be here. That's Yeah, you yeah. are seeing that pop up. It seems like everywhere, right? So is there something, and this is a, a question that I've asked for three years on the CU Insight experience, and I wanted to make sure it was in here too. But I'll tell you, I'm, I can't wait to hear your response because I think you, it's not just credit unions, right? Like you, you see kind of the whole ecosystem, but is there something credit unions need to do better to stay relevant, you know, in this ever-changing marketplace we just talked about? I, I think credit unions just need to really look at all their options. I think that's what I would that would really recommend. Credit unions do so many things wonderful, but this is really like we've had fifty three years to build the scale on this business. So I think definitely looking at all the options you have and considering them, whether you keep it in house, if that makes sense, whether you partner up with an Elan, uh, whether you, if you stay in the business at all, I think sitting down with with different providers and. And, and um, experts in the industry and really talking through it, looking at your options is what I would recommend. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to imagine. And how fast it all changes. I know I said it earlier, right? Yeah. I think it's like you just constantly have to be reviewing what you're offering, right? So some of the things we've talked about, like when, when I met was at the change conference, it's changed since then. I mean, in just a few weeks, it's moving so fast, Randy, for sure. Yep. Absolutely. Well, to wrap up the show, I'd like to have a little fun with some rapid fire questions. The the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. So just like on the other podcast, I, I added this question because it seems like we all made one of those purchases over the past year that we probably didn't know we needed. But now we're like, I wouldn't want to live without it. For a lot of people, I think it was Pelotons and puppies. But was there a purchase that you've made recently that you didn't know you needed, but now you're like, I'm sure glad I have this? I, I upgraded our deck furniture a little bit last last summer because I found myself spending more afternoons working on the deck. So I had to <laughs> now it's not bringing me any good right now because we've got this invasion of cicadas in the Midwest that if I was sitting out there now we wouldn't be able to hear each other, Randy. So uh, that's, that's insane. I saw Van Berger from NAFQ was posting pictures in his backyard down in Virginia or something. So it's, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> when you hear the word success, who is the person that pops into your head and, and why? You know, I'm going to go back to the baseball theme again, if you don't mind. Um, don't mind and, at all. And, and for those of you who are my age or a big baseball fan, Sparky Anderson definitely comes to mind. Yeah, Sparky, it was clearly, you know, he, wonderful at his craft, right? He's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He won World Series in the, with the Tigers, with the Reds. Um, but I think what I learned from him, I spent a lot of time with him over those four years I worked. And even afterwards, sadly, he passed away a few years ago. But every person he met, he would treat like they were, they, like they were the most important person he ever met. And he told me once, he said, Matthew, he said, I don't care who you meet, meet in the street, that somebody's mom, dad, grandson, granddaughter, you need to treat them with that respect. And I think that's something that I really 
have tried to do my, the best I can over the course of my career and my life. So that's been important. I love it. You are bringing me back so many memories from, from my childhood. So I, I think my, one of my first memories of sports was the 84 Tigers. I could Absolutely. Right? Like, so, <laughs> the random question, what's the greatest album of all time? That one you can listen to without skipping a song. All right. So I was going to say one that, but you just interviewed Patty Corkery, I think a week or two ago. And she said, of course, Bruce Springsteen's uh, Born to Run. So I'm going to think of another one. I'm going to go with uh, another old time one. um, Paul Simon's Graceland. I really like. Uh, It's just great. It's fun. And he brings in different cultures, which is interesting. It's a absolutely fantastic album. Any books that either you've gifted over time or that book that you just think everyone should read? There's a book I read a few. I don't generally give out all the books I read because I, you know, I know everyone's different, but there's one that I did gift away to some to the sales managers. And I read it a few years ago. It's by a guy named Jason Jordan called Cracking the Sales Management Code. Okay. And, yeah. you know, there's a bazillion books out there about how to be a better salesperson, but there aren't as many about how to be a sales manager and really be effective there. And he had some great, you know, usable techniques in there that have helped me and, and it was was very has been very useful. So. Well we will we will link to that for sure in the show notes so people can pick it up. If the calendar's empty, what does Matt do to unwind? What does that work life balance or integration look like? Well, I'm, I'm married uh, to a wonderful lady named Lisa, and we have two school-age girls, Lucy and Betty. So I spend a lot of my time with the three of them. I, I certainly, I've, I told you yesterday, I've taken up, especially since COVID, running. So I like to do that to unwind. I like to read, and I can't wait to get traveling again, for sure. I, I am with you. That's for sure. Uh, we'll link to everything we talked about today in the show notes, as I just mentioned about the book. But the last question that I have for you is, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or asks of our listeners today? I, I'd say as far as a final ask, just, you know, please feel free to reach out to me, to our team. We would love to sit down with you and talk about what we're seeing in more detail in the industry and how we might be able to help or what options you have even. Um, and then secondly, I just say thank you to the credit unions out there that, you know, the reputation of the credit union industry has always been strong. But when you're in tough times, you know, you really see the leaders rise. And that's happened, I think, with the industry in the last 15 months. So thank you for all you're doing. Oh, that is a perfect way to wrap this up. Thank you again, my friend, for being on the show. I hope you and your family stay well. And I look forward to, to being out there a little more and uh, hopefully our, our paths crossing soon. Let's hope so. Thank you, Randy. Really enjoyed this. 